Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today is an important day in Canada, Truth and Reconciliation Day, uh, a day to mark uh, the unspeakable tragedy of residential schools, uh, which affected uh, many of the Indigenous population here in Canada. And they're still going through a number of injustices today. Uh, It was really important for Chris and myself to acknowledge this day off the top of our show. We're going to get to uh, the meat and bones of this podcast a little later on, which is pretty much going to be about CJ. And I'll get to that in a moment. But we, it was really important for us to acknowledge uh, Truth and Reconciliation Day or Orange Shirt Day, as uh, some other people across the country have acknowledged us. Yes, and, and it's important. This is the first time that the Canada's recognized a day like this. And, and you know, I, I do think a lot of people like myself are still learning about uh, what's happened and what's still happening. And, you know, it, it's, um, you know, this is this is at least a start that we're, we're having this conversation and and you know, it basically saying out loud that this, this is going on and this, this has happened and it, it's, it's awful. Absolutely. And it goes beyond just wearing any orange apparel. And I know some people are like, Oh, maybe I don't have an orange shirt for those listening on Spotify or Apple or wherever I'm wearing an orange WNBA shirt. And there are shirts out there marked every child matters from a number of different indigenous designers and, 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 and curators and all that sort it's more than just the apparel and style choice. It's about taking the opportunity to learn and to reflect and to show that, you know, we can be an ally with indigenous people. So I implore everyone who listens to this podcast, to take a moment to reflect and to learn today on truth and reconciliation. Uh, I know that some in our audience know the finer points of hockey. The Chris Johnston show. We are your friends. The biggest stories bringing you inside the game. What did you hear? The Chris Johnston Show. What is going on? Here's Chris with your host, Julian McKenzie. Part of the game. And for today's topic of the podcast, uh, it's a bit different from what we've had over the first two episodes where we've delved into a lot of the storylines surrounding the National Hockey League and even outside of the National Hockey League as well. It seems as if, Chris, you're, you've been in the news quite, quite a bit for the last month or so with your, you know, your writing starting to appear in the Toronto Star, uh, the podcast, obviously, doing as well as it has. And now you're making appearances on Insider Trading on TSN. Congratulations uh, for uh, joining uh, Bell Media and joining TSN. How does that all feel? Like You have like so much going on. How are you handling all this attention? It's a little unusual, you know, obviously part of our job is we're public facing, but, but, you know, we usually want to be the conduit of a story, not the subject of a story. 
Um, you know, and, and to be quite honest, and I told the guys this, like on Tuesday, when I went into the TSN studio for the first time, we taped an insider trading segment. Like it felt like I was walking in the wrong dressing room or something, you know, it's probably, you know, if this is a hockey podcast, primarily that, you know, it's, it's the closest I'll ever get to being traded and to have the experience that players must feel. Remember a few years ago, Matt Duchesne was playing for the Ottawa Senators. He got traded to Columbus while Columbus was in Ottawa. He walked down the hallway with his equipment and played, you know, either that day or the next day against the Senators of, you know, the guys he'd just been battling with. You know, it feels a little bit like that because, you know, obviously I spent nine years at Sportsnet, you know, all kinds of people in front of the camera and behind the camera that, that, you know, maybe our listeners or viewers wouldn't know became incredibly close friends, you know, Elliot Freeman, David Amber, you know, these are people that I'll be friends with for life, you know, no matter where any of us end up working. And, you know, I had an idea of TSN, obviously I've got, I've got a history with, with some of these people just again, socially, I've seen their set a lot, but like, I've never, it was a weird, you know, I, I think I called it an out of body experience when I told you, you know, in our first episode, it was like that again, like I'm all of a sudden I'm on, you know, a red set instead of a blue one and, and sitting beside James Duffy and man, it was, it was a whirlwind day, but you know, I'm super excited. And, you know, I recognize how lucky I am to have the chances I have, you know, this is a turbulent, crazy time in the media industry. We saw a lot of colleagues lose their jobs across the country in the radio yesterday, Mm-hmm. You know, my heart goes out to them. I've reached out to the ones I have a personal relationship with personally. You know, I, I, I recognize how lucky I am, but it, man, it, it was, it was a weird first day. It's starting to get even more normal though, 48 hours later. Yeah. I have to say, we have to, I'm glad you mentioned that because it has been a tumultuous time uh, over the last day or so with what's been going on at the different Sportsnet radio stations. A lot of new people getting opportunities at the Fan 590 in Toronto, uh, but the radio stations in Calgary and Vancouver uh, going through some turnover this year has just been really insane when it comes to sports media and what's gone on at both Bell and at Rogers. But it has also just been really interesting at the same time as we're seeing those moves happen, seeing people like you uh, just make big money moves and just start to get all these other different opportunities. I have a ton of questions about uh, your move to TSN and all the different endeavors that you're doing. I know you've had to field a bunch of them from other media members uh, people who have podcasts who want to reach out to you to, you know, have you talk about what's going on. So this episode is basically going to serve that purpose. We're going to try to get through as many questions as we can uh, just about this whole last few months for you. And and the place I want to start, maybe it's too crazy of a place to start, but why did you leave Sportsnet? I think that's like the biggest question uh, that I have. And that's the biggest question that a lot of people are going to have about you. Well, it's a straightforward question. It's and it's a question I understand, but you know, it's a nuanced answer because there's not one reason or it wasn't one thing. Um, you know, I think for me, it's it's probably easiest to be broken into two parts because it was sort of a two part process. You know, the first started back in June. You know, I was at the Stanley Cup final. I think before Game One, uh, Tampa Hab series. I you know I had a, a conversation um, with someone at Sportsnet just about you know potentially extending my contract, which which was expiring at the end of August. And, you know, at that point in time, like if we had a, if you had a, had a microphone, you know, where I took that phone call and asked me what my thoughts were, I, you know, I assumed I'd be back. That was certainly always my intention um, and, and hope. And, you know, I'd worked there a long time. It's, it's, you know, it's weird. Like it, because it's, it's a job and it's a business, right. But, you know, this part of this like strikes at your heart. I mean, it's, it's the people you work with. It's the way you spend your, you know, a lot of hours of your life. And so, you know, from that point on, it, it went into the summertime and, you know, I, I ended up having five offers, you know, from, from other companies that came along. I mean, essentially, 
what's weird is honestly, they were all 100% unsolicited. Like, I guess it's just maybe the nature of the industry. It's pretty small. Maybe a word got around that my contract was up that, you know, I wasn't, that I hadn't signed any extension with Sportsnet. And, you know, basically my, my mind started getting open to other possibilities and, you know, really where I arrived initially, and I think this is the, fir- the end of the first part of the conversation. And then there's a second part mm-hmm. is, you know, at Sportsnet, I was, I was a contract worker, you know, I didn't have benefits or, or pension, any of that, that sort of thing. You know, I think this is going to be normal, frankly, in, in today's world. I think a lot of us are going to end up with multiple employers and, you know, gone are the days mostly, I think in any industry where you're, you're working from 22 to 60 and then retiring and, and having a nice pension and going off into the sunset. And so, you know, all, all of, they kind of owned all of me is, is probably the easiest way to put it. You know, I, I, and that was great. It was a great arrangement for a lot of years. You know, I did lots of TV for them. You know, some of what you've seen, Leaf Regional Games, Hockey Night in Canada, their news programming, various other things. You know, I, I wrote pretty much daily during the hockey season on their website, sometimes multiple times a day. And I did lots of radio hits for them. Um, and when all these other opportunities started coming around, I realized that there was a chance maybe to split that up. And honestly, a part of it was I wanted to do this podcast. And, you know, they weren't going to allow me to do that. And, and they're not alone. Like some of the other places that I didn't end up taking my writing to, for example, weren't going to allow me to do that. I mean, it's every company's figuring this out for themselves. Um, you know, and, and just as it, it kind of went along, I realized probably the best path for me then was to take a little bit more control. And, you know, I had a great chance with a company called Nordstar, um, which is, is going to unveil a little bit more of their plans here very soon. And, and you'll probably get a clear sense of my, I might've went and, and signed there, but you know, that's, that's essentially the company I write for. It allows my work to appear in their sister company, the Toronto Star. And it was just a really incredibly unique opportunity there. I think they've got an exciting plan for the future. And, you know, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm a writer first and foremost. You know, obviously, I've become known for some other things as time's gone along. But that was my entry point to the industry. And it's important to me to maintain that. And I thought it was a great place to do it. And they were very comfortable with me launching this podcast with, with you and, and, you know, the SDPN. Um, and, and comfortable with me doing further TV work. And so you know, that takes us to the end of August, basically. Sorry, this is a, a mouthful uh, on your first question. And so do, do not apologize for long answers on this, especially for this episode. Like, well, yes, and, please. And this is my thing. It's a simple question, but it's not an easy answer. But, you know, I got to the point where I decided that was the best place for my writing to appear and, and, and for me to, to be. And so, you know, at that point in time, August 27th, I believe it was, you know, I made a phone call to the senior people at Sportsnet that I'd been dealing with on my contract matters. I let them know, look, I'm, I'm going to go right at the Toronto Star or, or with Nordstar and have my work appear in the Toronto Star. And, you know, and, you know, but I'm still free and open to do television. I, you know, I'd like to continue on here. It's, it's gone well for me. And then a long period of time passed and they didn't call back. Um, you know, which is their prerogative. I, I obviously understood that was a possibility. You know, I, they didn't know me anything at that point. And, and look, they, they, it was a significant change to what our relationship had been. And, and so it's, it's really like any relationship uh, with, with a partner, you know, if, if you don't have the same vision for how it should work, you know, it's most likely not going to continue. And it doesn't even mean it was bad. I mean, I don't think there's any controversy there or anything, but, you know, then we got into September and, you know, I didn't hear back. I, you know, I didn't think that it seemed the silence, you know, started to speak that that probably, you know, that, that I'd close the door by, by leaving on the writing end of things. And, and, you know, lo and behold, TSN popped out of the woodwork and 
you know, quite honestly, even through, I probably had three conversations with senior people there before I was even sure if they wanted to hire me or, or like, you know, clearly they were interested. You know, I think that, you know, they were probably feeling me out, getting a sense, you know, much like some of all these people that have inundated my, my inbox, what happened, what's going on here? I think that they were wondering, like, is this real? Are you playing us? Is this all some, you know, I think that they had to get through that themselves. And then they probably had to figure out, like, how would we use this person if we did hire them? And so, you know, that went along. And, and the more I talked to them, the more comfortable I got. And, you know, finally, we agreed on a contract. And this week now, I'm, I'm going to that other dressing room. Okay. I have so many questions off that one answer alone. The biggest one for me is the fact that you were on contract and you weren't like a full-time employee. I have that right? Yep. Okay. From from, uh, January, 2013, I had a series of contracts that took me until August 31st of this year with with Rogers. That's insane. Because I would have just assumed, and I'm sure that there are other people who listen to this podcast who would have just assumed that you were just like a full-time employee. I think there are a lot of people who, even people in media, uh, like I like I think for myself, like I see people who are like yourself, I would have just assumed, okay, you're just like a full-time employee with benefits and and all this sort of stuff. But you were essentially on contract with them. Then, then my next question with that is if you were on contract with Sportsnet, why did you do all the contract stuff with them? And why weren't you doing like other stuff with, I guess, maybe other places or 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 does that a decision? Like I'm just curious about that. I think it's a natural evolution. I mean, look, when they first hired me, I was at a very different point in my career. I, I was young and ambitious and I'd made a, a small name for myself, but I, you know, let's call it as it is. I'd done a little bit of TV work, but I was not super experienced. It's not like they hired me in January, 2013 and, and threw me into their main set. You know, I, I, I had some, some growing and learning to do. And, you know, that's what they offered me at the beginning. It's not, that wasn't a strategy or that's, they offered me a contract and I had to make a decision. Was I willing to take a contract versus being full-time? I had to set up a, you know, side company and, and it's called Reporter Chris Media. Um, yes. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and, you know, we went from there. And, and so, you know, I, I ended up adding more and more responsibilities as the year went along, the years went along and, you know, whatever you saw me do was in my contract to do. I, I did have other business interests. I, I did the NHL network for a few years uh, there. It actually ended during the pandemic. I just, I had a contract expiring and the pandemic was on and we didn't know what was going on with the NHL. And so that just expired and, and I didn't keep doing the, the work down there on the US TV. Um, and, I, and I did a few other things over the years, like smaller projects that I was able to do outside of that, that contract, but you're right. It became my main job essentially over time. And, and to be fair, I think they were willing to make me a full-time employee by now, if, if that was what I wanted. Um, you know, but the longer I'd been a contract worker, I was like, why not lean into that and, and contract myself to various people that are comfortable aligning themselves with me and, you know, try different things. You know, I think that there's, there's some benefits there and, and I'm not winking at financial benefits. I know you, you love this big money nickname, but to be honest, like I'm not going to get into money on this podcast because I think that's, that's the fine. one area I want to respect the companies that you know I had private conversations with money on. But you know, I what I will say is the series of decisions I made, I could have made more money with other things that were on the table. So it wasn't money driven, really. It's it's more about being in the right place and about trying new things. Honestly, that that's that is the truth. Like obviously, I was willing to stay at Sportsnet on TV. I love like being on Hockey Night Canada was probably the greatest professional thrill of my life. I mean, I, I can't even, I, I can't imagine what I would compare it with. Like I grew up watching Ron McLean and then one day I'm sitting beside him on set. I mean, talk about 
blowing your own mind. And, and like, it never got, it never got stale for me, like that, that specific part of my job. Um, but now I'm sitting kind of like where Bob McKenzie sat, like Bob McKenzie is, is the original insider. Like he's, you know, and I'm working with a lot of the people that were there when Bob was there. And, you know, and so I think there's opportunities to grow with change, you know, because let's, you know, let's call it as it is. I'm, I'm, I'm well beyond my comfort zone now. Um, <laughs> there's almost no turning back now, you know, like that's, that's the beauty when you make a decision. And, and I'd say the same for the companies, right? I don't think, you know, I got some individual friends at Sportsnet are sending me messages or sad to see me go, but you know, when I leave, that'll open up new opportunities. And I'm sure there's lots of talented people that are going to fill in those roles and build, you know, new things out of it. I mean, that's, it, this is all kind of healthy. It's just, you know, sometimes a little bit uncomfortable. And, and as I say, this wasn't how certainly I planned it. I don't think this is what TSN planned it. Like even as recently, I don't have all the dates in my mind aligned, but like September 10th, September 15th, I, you know, I doubt the TSN even thought they were hiring me. You know, it, it's all come together pretty quickly here in the last week. Yeah. So you're essentially with TSN. This is something that it's not like, you know, while essentially they're not among the five companies that were talking to you. No, no, exactly. Yeah. So the five companies were all people primarily interested in me writing. And some of them were talking about jobs where I would write and do a podcast under their banner versus, you know, the one we're doing this one under. Okay. One other thing with the podcast, uh, we've, we've kind of acknowledged that this is something that we've been thinking of doing for like a long time. This isn't something that we decided in the last two, three weeks, and then everything kind of quickly came together. I'm also just stunned that uh, while you were at Sportsnet, you know, they never thought about doing a podcast with you uh, or even maybe even having this podcast there, as it seems like. And I just thought that was just a bit weird. Like, can you go into that a little bit? Do you care to explain, you know, what that was like trying to see if we could have a podcast on well, while you were at Sportsnet and, and ultimately it didn't happen? Well, my view is that the telecoms are still figuring out podcasting, right? And, you know, there are podcasts out there in Canada that, that make money or, or make like a decent amount of money, but I'm thinking it's not the scale of money that these really large companies can make on their, or have traditionally made on their television products. So, you know, when we went to them in December last year about this, you know, they, they, they gave it a long, hard think and, and you know, talk to me and, and believe talk to some others. And it wasn't like an immediate no, but they, you know, they came back and just said they, they weren't comfortable, you know, with me doing that. And, you know, at that time that they weren't interested in doing a podcast with me, I, I do think probably we didn't get into any specifics, but probably had I resigned with them this summer, I think there, there probably could have been a future podcast opportunity, but, you know, my view and, and like no one disclosed this explicitly. So this is totally my opinion, but I, I just think that the podcast space is new and evolving. You know, look, part of the 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 layoffs and changes that they made at the Sportsnet radio stations yesterday, you know, are geared at at not having it be radio specific and and you know, clearly moving towards more of a podcast model. And so we're all out here figuring this out. I mean, that's that's the amazing thing. Like this is the cool part of the job. Like the, the companies are trying to figure it out. We're trying to figure it out as people that produce the content. And lots of times you can figure it out together and sometimes you're just not aligned on your vision. You know, I, I don't think that means anyone's right or wrong per se, you know, but the, the beauty, I guess, if you're going to be a contract employee, if you're not going to have full-time work is that, you know, you, you have theoretically, as long as you make sure everyone's comfortable at the table with what you're doing, you, you have the ability to, to kind of play in this space and, and, you know, push yourself and find new audiences. And, you know, that's what we're sitting here doing, but I will say it, like explicitly 100%, a huge part of 
me wanting to chop up my duties was, was being able to do this. This was super important to me. I've just been fascinated. Honestly, I talked, there's a guy named Kevin Kennedy, and I don't think you know him, Julian, but he used to do something called Puck Talks here in Toronto. We put on these live events and, and I, I participated in probably 20 to 30 of the shows. I actually went across Canada with him once. And back in then, I think it was 2015, he was like, you got to do a CJ podcast to the point that he created a shared Google folder that he and I still have where we were oh like, putting, where I was like putting audio in, like we, we kicked around a whole bunch of ideas, you know, certainly different things than what this one ended up being. But this has been in my mind for like six years and just, I never quite got to it. You know, even Adam Wilde, who's, you know, part of the SDPN along with Jesse Blake, you know, Adam and I once had a conversation and like, it was weird. It was really late at night. I can't remember where we were coming from. It wasn't, it was sober. It wasn't like a night of partying or anything. And we were always talked on a street corner for like two hours about what a show would be. And that was probably in like 2017, I want to say maybe 2018. And so this has been burning in my mind. And then obviously last year we got really serious and had talked about this show and, you know, you and I linked up and like we were, then it, then it wasn't theoretical. Then it was like, okay, this is what we want to do. We had a pilot. We had a pilot. We taped a pilot. The world has not seen. Um, and so, you know, Anyway, like I, this has just been gnawing at me. And, and one thing I, I figured, man, and like you're young and I, and I hope, and I hope there's young people listening to this that are in our industry, like time goes quick. Your career is short. Your life is short. Like, I think we all want to try cool shit, right? Like we all want to be part of something cool. And I was part of something cool at Sportsnet. Don't get me wrong, but like, you know, I, I had other, I want to be part of other cool things too. And so a lot of that informed this set of decisions. And, and again, it wasn't all made, like there was not one big master plan. It's like one sort of float out of the other float out of the other. Uh, Cause there is an alternate universe, I guess, where maybe I stayed at sports set on TV and, and still, you know, did my writing for Nordstar and maybe still had this podcast, but you know, it didn't, didn't play out that way. And certainly from my end, there's no hard feelings. I've heard from even some of the bosses at Sportsnet since this all went down. I think, I think we're just in a world, honestly, where everything's getting decentralized, Julian. Like I think, mm-hmm. I, I do think this will be more normal as time goes along. It's just maybe a little abnormal. Someone in my position has taken these steps right now. Can you take me through the moment when you were still trying to decide whether or not you're going to stay at Sportsnet and you were thinking of all these other offers on the table? Can you take me through the moment when you realized, you know, the what? moment is basically all of August, just so you know, like, it's like, yeah, that's fine. It's like 25 days in a row in August where it's like all I thought about. Well, well, like take me through the emotional part of it because you mentioned like you have made a lot of friends at sports and you were there as long as you were. This could not have been easy. What was it like going through that process emotionally? It felt like Elliot Friedman and I were breaking up, honestly, which I know sounds like absurd and insane, um, you know, but I spoke to Elliot a lot. He like he wasn't involved in my negotiations, but, you know, he made it very clear that he wanted me to, you know, like that we had a good thing going on there. You know, like we, when it's funny, like I'm in the news game, right. And, and Elliot is too. And when you're in the news game, like you, you talk all day long or you text all day long, all season long about what's going on. Obviously you help each other out certain shows. Maybe he has better content and he can help me on something or the other, you know, vice versa. Like you truly are teammates. Like it's, it's not, it's not, we're not just stretching it because we're in sports. Like that's the way it feels and you come to care for people. And, and so it was emotional with Elliot, honestly. I think I told him I loved him at some point. Um, oh my God. He can confirm or deny that. I can't, I can't, I, I believe that happened. Um, you know, and so that, that was really hard. But then, you know, I think you have to, 
like lots of people, there's, there's key moments in your life when you face a big decision and, and, you know, you're, you're an ending of something is also a beginning. Right. And so I think when you go through it, you have to be cognizant of the fact that, you know, it gives you a chance to start something new, it gives you a chance to grow yourself in different ways and to challenge yourself and push yourself and to work with new people. And, you know, Elliot and I, just, just like a guy who gets traded, <laughs> you can still be friends with someone on the other team. You know, we're not texting all day about rumors we're hearing or what's going on around the league. Cause obviously that would be crossing a third rail at this point. You know, now I'm having those, I'm on a, it was weird. I got thrown in the group chat with Bobby Mack this week. And I was like, wow, this is like, this is legit. Like, holy crap. No relation, by the way, if anyone's wondering. Yes, your Uncle Bob. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, so like that part of that was different. But, you know, and so, yeah. And then you just sit down. For me, I, you know, I, I leaned on it. What's even weirder, like anyone who knows me, my, my wife, my partner, Krista, she, she works behind the scenes at, at Sportsnet too. So that, that makes it a little different. Um, but, you know, we just talked it through. I picked a lot of people's brains. I went golfing once with my, my dad and, you know, a friend of his who's about 70. And he, the one piece of advice that actually stuck with me is he said, you know, when you make your decision, like you can't look back too much. And obviously we're looking back right now. Uh, but part of the reason to do that is, okay, just say what happened. And then, you know, and then all the energy has to go into making the next chapter great. And, and I would expect Sportsnet to do the same. And I expect them to be great. Honestly, there's so many talented people that work there that like, like that, that place has my respect. Uh, I think we just reached a point, quite honestly, where we didn't have the same vision for how best to, to work our relationship. And, you know, so we, we parted ways and shook hands and said all the best. What did you learn about yourself through this process? I don't know if I learned it, but it reminded me that I have the courage of conviction. You know, you can't be afraid of making a mistake um, because, you know, it's quite possible I've made some mistake here. You know, I, like I'm, I will acknowledge that no one, when, when you face a big decision, we, we sort of judge these things in reverse in hindsight, but you know, in the moment you're just operating on what emotions you're feeling and you're operating on sort of what you can think through logically based on the information you have, but no one can see what's coming in the future. Um, but, you know, I think it just reminded myself that, there's been a few other times in my career, like way earlier in my career that I, I bet on myself, so to speak, or I, I did something that was maybe not obvious to everyone else and it actually worked out well. And so, you know, I think it's important to get outside your comfort zone. I, you know, I really, you can do that within the same company. Like that doesn't always mean switching jobs, of course, but I just don't want to be the person who does the same exact same thing every single year. You know, I think that you, you really have to, you don't know where your life can go. Like I didn't mean to get on hockey night in Canada. I really didn't like, that wasn't even like that. If you had asked me at 18, when I was starting to be a sports reporter initially, like that would have felt like too far of a dream. And yet it happened. And so I think you always have to keep your mind open to the possibility that's there. And, and um, you know, so I, I don't know that I, I learned it, but I, it, I reminded myself that, you know, it's, it's okay to, to take some risk. It's okay to try something new. It's okay to let go of something you love. You know, it, all those things can be productive in your life. And so, you know, it was hard. I think you can probably tell, like, it, it was not, it wasn't like I woke up one day and was like, we like, cause I, like, I think people, it would be easier if I could say like, oh, I got paid a lot more. And so we had a big fight over money. Like that's, or something like that. Like that's understandable in business terms. Uh, it was never anything like that. It was, it was kind of more spiritual, honestly. 
Yeah, I, I could tell just off of the way you've been answering so far. I still have a few other questions about your experience at TSN so far and, and another one. with. Sure, I should say, stuff. too, like I'm really uncomfortable with this conversation. But the reason we're having it, Julian, is because I think it's important the audience knows when we talk the hockey stuff we're going to normally talk, that we're going to yeah. give them what we know. We're going to speak from the heart. We're going to be honest with the audience. I think we want to build a community of people that feel like they know us and, and that they can trust us and that you know, obviously we don't know everything. We're going to tell you sometimes what we don't know about a topic, you know, because I think sometimes that's just as important as me coming on here and saying, I know this about this negotiation. Sometimes there's a lot of gray. And and so anyway, yeah, I'm not completely comfortable with this, but I think it's important to to try to establish that, 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 you know, we're going to, even when it's uncomfortable for me, we'll have those conversations. Imagine how I feel. I feel like I'm doing my best Gail King impersonation these last <laughs> how many minutes, just asking these like questions. But the last thing I want to ask about Sportsnet before I, I make it a bit more lighter and just ask about your first time on TSN. Yeah. Was there anything about the process of the last few months uh, with Sportsnet, whether it's the negotiation, whether it's the podcasting, whether it's anything else uh, that you'd like to mention that I did not get to ask you? Just that everyone was first class. You know, it wasn't, this wasn't a, there wasn't an FU fest or anything at this. And, and, you know, I, I had a couple of private conversations with people that, that I'll just leave private because, you know, they didn't consent to this. But when I had, it was, it was difficult to make the actual phone calls and tell them, look, I'm not going to take your offer. I'm going to go take this deal with Nordstar for my writing. You know, some, some of those conversations, like what was said to me will stick with me forever. And, and some people in, in senior management, you know, really, um, we're, we're incredibly classy about the way that went down because, you know, obviously, you know, this maybe some of that news wasn't good in the moment for them, but they were able to step outside, you know, the way it impacted them and their job to, to say some nice things to me and to, you know, and, and to just be first class. And so I, I do think it's important to acknowledge that, that, you know, that it, as far as breakups go or, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pulling on that analogy and maybe you should think of a different one but as far as a split can go it was as amicable as it could be and in, for, in fact i really people some people said some things that I, I will remember when i'm 65 and retelling this story maybe with a bit more detail yeah uh i love the breakup analogy personally because when you end up working for a place for a certain amount of time it really is a relationship and i know that we're at a point now where you know, you should be careful of how much you, you know, show your infatuation with the company that you work for. It's more about the people than the the company itself. But because you love the people that you work with, you can't help but feel that pride and affiliation with where you work at. Like, I mean, I've only been at The Athletic for six months, and this is like easily like the greatest job I've ever had, not to mention the fact that they've given me all the freedom to, you know, do stuff like this podcast and all the other stuff that I'm doing, which right. speaks to your point about how people like me, if they're entering this industry, they're very likely going to have to do like three, four, five jobs and get multiple streams of income to keep themselves going. So yeah, I, I have no problem with the breakup and, and relationship analogy when it comes to you and Sportsnet, because this is a place that you were at for quite some time and you made a name for yourself there. I know you have the Canadian press and a few other places you were at before. That's also a thing that Chris and I have in common, by the way, we're yeah. CP alums. Yeah. Yes. But like Sportsnet is where you made a name for yourself and it's okay to feel wistful about those days and to look back. And, and with their help, they, let's yeah. call it as it is. They, they exactly. offered me a big platform. It wasn't like it was all me. So, you know, I, I should, you know, I, I acknowledge and respect that. 
Yes, of course. I want to ask about your very first day at TSN because yeah, I know yeah. to you it looked a little like there's like the photo of you with James Duffy and Drager and Pierre Lebrun. And you're like, oh, this looks like a Photoshop. Like, come on. Like, what's going on here? What do you remember about that first day? How weird was it going to agent court and, and going through all that and, and that first TV hit? What was that day like? So here's the deal. And this will be a little Toronto specific for our listeners. But, you know, right. I live downtown. And Agent Court is probably a 20 minute drive if, if you just took the roads and, you know, and it was a sensible hour of the day. And I hate being late. <laughs> and, you know, so it's your first day. You're the new guy. I believe James Duffy's wife, it was her birthday. So, you know, we had to, we were taping our insider trading segment a little earlier than usual because he was, you know, going out for dinner and, and he had other plans anyway. And so you can see where this is going. Mm-hmm. I get on the highway and like, literally it's bumper to bumper right away. Like I'm not even a kilometer or two from my front door. And I'm like, not only am I going to be late, like I'm going to be very late. Oh, no. uh, and I just like, that was brutal. Um, but you know, I had lots of time. So I phoned the boss on Bluetooth and said, just so you know, I'm, I'm going to be very late. And so as a result of that, first day, you know, I get, when I finally do reach the building, like it, I literally, I, I was already wearing my suit. I go in and, and get the makeup done, like literally right away. Uh, oddly enough, in the makeup room was was Matt Dunnigan and Jim Barker, uh, who are, were there to do a CFL broadcast, but who I only knew, not not as colleagues, as you know, guys that used to coach in, in the CFL and, and in Dunnigan's case, play when I was a kid. And they're like, "Hey, welcome to the new team," you know, and and they're like, "I'm getting my makeup done," and then literally, I'm on set and you know, I'm wearing myself up, and we do the hit. Like it. it I was probably like 10 minutes from when I entered the parking lot to when we taped that hit one take, which is good because sometimes yeah. when you're rattled and your brain's going in lots of directions, it's, it can be hard to, to find your focus, but it was surreal. It was strange. And it, it was not made any better by the fact that I'm an idiot and didn't leave. Like I had no idea a 20 minute drive could be like an hour 20. Like I didn't <laughs> like, and it wasn't, and it didn't like, there wasn't an, an obvious bad accident or anything. Like I just, you know, frankly, I just don't drive in that direction in rush hour ever. And uh, I won't make that mistake again. So we have an insider trading hit today. I'm leaving like tons of time. I might leave like two hours early just to be sure. (laughs) Uh, Like I can tell just like watching the hit, like the way that you're trying to like look at the camera, you're like sitting at an angle. Like you can tell you were just getting adjusted to like the way the set looks and, and the way that you're looking at it, like, you, obviously you got through your points, but I'm just like looking at Chris. I'm like, okay, he's, it's going to take him like a couple tries to really get the hang of the TSN set. Well, I think though, I'll always be at an angle. It's, it's hard to explain, but the, the camera forward that I'm supposed to look at when I, when it goes solo to me is to the side. Like, I don't know if I'm supposed to swivel like this for anyone who's watching or, or what. I mean, I'll, I'll ask today, um, but I don't know if I'll always be maybe a little bit at, at an angle. But yeah, it's going to take some time. It takes some time for the production people there. Like, I don't know everyone's name. Like, that's the other funny part. Like, when you're taping those segments, it's, it's not just the, the three other people I'm working with on set. You know, there's people in your ear. There's people behind the cameras. You know, obviously, in, in this case, there was someone who put my makeup on for me. The, you know, there's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of people on the team that, that go into <laughs> sort of making all of the, the TV that, that, that comes out happen. And so I'm going to have to get to know those folks. By the way, uh, the whole makeup thing, as a former TV guy myself, never, ever had to endure, like, ever. So, like, I don't know what that is like to have someone, like, apply powder on your face 
for however long that you need. So, yeah, when you were talking about makeup, it's like, psh, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Well, my view of it is they know what they're doing. Like, I, I have put on my own makeup at times when I'm out in the field doing a TV hit, but I'm not any good at it. I don't pretend to be good at it. I'm trying to just cover up all these these wrinkles that are creeping up on me here, I guess. but uh, you know, like I don't really know what I'm doing when it comes to that. So it's great when there's someone who's that's their job and they know what's up. And my job is to come there with something to say. Are you going to just be doing regular insider trading hits? Will there be other appearances on other shows, parts of sports center, maybe, Oh, I don't know. NHL trade deadline coverage. All of the above, you know, I, I think, Woo! like a relationship we'll see where it goes but but certainly to start um you know i'll be regular on the insider trading panels twice a week tuesday and thursday um you know i'll i'll do some some hits with on gino retta and that's hockey uh i think there'll be some sports center hits especially when news happens if there's a big trade you know that type of thing and i will be there uh, when when we get to trade deadline on, on their deadline show and also on free agent frenzy which will be july 13th i believe in 2022 as we're getting used to the the, the abridged NHL calendar here. Um, but yeah, all those things. And, and, you know, we've actually talked about some bigger picture stuff that isn't going to happen right away and you won't see right away. And I'm sure I'll share more as it becomes reality, but I, I think that they're open to expanding my role beyond that. And we'll just see where it goes, but, but certainly news is bread and butter to what TSN does. It's, it's why, you know, the, their hockey department's as strong as it, it's been, you know, built on Bobby Mack's shoulders and, so I'll be I'll be contributing where where the hockey news is needed. My ultimate dream is like one day TSN says, "Hey Julian, uh, we know you're good at what you do. Uh, can you come in and freelance and and be like a Sports Center host?" And then I have to do one of those hockey segments. It's like, yeah, you have to talk for Chris Johnston about the Leafs, and it's just like the Chris Johnston show. But it's like, hey, TSN. you're doing that, bud. <laughs> You're just not on set. Just not on set yet. TSN, I'm right here, guys. Anyway, uh, not to be like, hey, take me away from everything else. Because as we established before, all about having multiple streams of income. Um, there's one last question I want to ask you before we sign off here. Okay. Um, so we've mentioned the fact that, uh, you know, you have your work in the Toronto Star. Um, but to be clear, and I think some people might be a bit confused about this, you technically don't work directly with the Toronto stars with Nordstar. Could you explain that a little bit? Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's a company Nordstar that is, is going to make a, a foray into the, the gaming and gambling space um, that's opening up in Canada for any of the listeners who aren't in Canada, you know, single game sports betting is just becoming legal here. Um, the, the federal government has approved it, but the provinces have to basically manage it. And, and so we're not at the point where there's actually sports books in Ontario yet where I live. Uh, but it's coming very, very soon. And I'm, I'm working for that company. Um, and, you know, part of what my job is to cover the NHL, to write stories, to produce content that would be interesting to people and to take it to their app once the app is launched, which we're not quite there yet. And at the same time, you know, it's a company that's under the same umbrella as Tourstar, which, which owns and operates a Toronto Star. And so they license, you know, some of the stories I've been writing already while we get this app up and going. And, and those have appeared in the Toronto stars pages, which, you know, I, I think I mentioned to you in the first episode, it was just like, that's, that's another one for me. Cause that was a paper that really launched me way, way, way back when on this journey and was the one that's was in, in uh, on my breakfast table as a kid. And so, you know, it's a unique arrangement, but I, again, I think it's, it's reflective of an evolving media space. 
And, you know, certainly in Canada, I don't know what's going on in all the other places in the world, but the, the, this, this sports betting piece is going to create tons of opportunities for, you know, content creators, whether it's podcasts, you know, that maybe come under the umbrella of some of these companies or, or people who write stories uh, like I'm doing for Nordstar. You know, I, I think that that's really going to shift the plates even more. And, you know, I, I'm not an expert on this. I'm just like anyone else. I'm, I'm ha- I had the conversations. I, you know, I, the one benefit, I guess, of my free agent summer is I got a window into what a lot of companies are planning and, and, and how they see the, the, everything. And that, that kind of shaped my view when it came to making decisions about where the industry's headed. And, you know, we're, let, let's, hope, uh, let's hope I made the right decisions. Okay. I lied. This is my last question for you, CJ. Are you happy right now? Yeah, I'm thrilled. I really am thrilled. I'm excited. I'm nervous. Um, but the best kind of nervous, like not the, not nervous, like, oh no, this is awful. Like, just like, oh man, like I, you know, a lot of people put their trust in me. And so, you know, I want to deliver value for them. That's the only way any, for any relationship works, the only, only, only works as long as both sides are getting value out of it. And so, you know, I'm, I'm really, focused on, you know, especially once we put this episode to bed and, and, you know, I won't talk about all this stuff too much in the future, certainly not on the podcast, but then you just put all the energy into the, making the next chapter. Great. And I really have a great feeling about how it all worked out, even though, as I say, it wasn't maybe the way I I'd, I'd envisioned it a few months ago. Um, you know, I'm excited to be playing in the new spaces and certainly Nordstar is doing that. And, and that's where my written work lies. You know, for me, obviously podcasting itself is in a new space, but this is new for you and I, and it's a, an opportunity I've never had before, you know, and then to go and, and, and still do linear TV, I think is still important. Um, you know, I, I recognize our, our younger listeners probably won't be watching that as much, but there's a huge percent of the population that does. I know my dad's pumped. He saw me on with Gino Reddy yesterday. He's like blowing up my phone last night. Um, you know, it's, it's great to get to go work with, the talented people at TSN and, you know, hopefully grow through, through working with them because it's uh, if you got, if you have to go to another team, I can't think of a better team to land on. CJ, uh, I just want to say thank you so much for just being vulnerable over the last, however long we've recorded this show. Uh, yeah, we went over our 30 minute limit, I think. Sorry, guys. I, sorry about that, guys. But I, this is this was worth doing, I think, over 30 minutes. Uh, you did acknowledge you felt uncomfortable at different points. And I, you know, I appreciate you being honest about that. This for me, I know I was like, OK, I want to make sure that I'm not making you feel a little bit too out of sorts. But uh, you were still great. And I, I hope I was able to get everything that we were able to get out of this episode. As, as I alluded to in the first episode, squeezing the orange, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of people are running with that analogy. But um, yeah, dude, I really appreciate uh, the fact that we were able to go in on this topic uh, for the entirety of this episode. And I'm just really happy for you. I'm really happy that you're doing things that are making you happy. You're going to places that I know you're going to be celebrated. Not that you weren't celebrated at Sportsnet, but you're going to places that want you for your talent and want you for you because you're a great person and you deserve so much good shit to come your way. So I couldn't be happier for you. And I'm just really excited to see what's next for you, man. Thanks, bro. I mean, we already called this the Chris Johnson show. Now you're, you're sending me with all this love. Like this is getting a little too self-indulgent. So hopefully when we re- reconvene on Monday, Julian, we've got some hockey news to talk about. We'll, we'll get back into the RFAs, what's going on with the vaccinated players, you know, maybe what players we like in preseason. I, I've 
I, I don't like to make too much of the preseason games, but it's been cool to see like Zach Hyman with, with McDavid. You know, I saw Mark Giordano scored in his first game back in Calgary with the Seattle Kraken, pretty emotional moment. And, and he got honored in that game on, on uh, Wednesday night. And so we'll, we'll get into the hockey stuff uh, when, when we talk next. Absolutely. Christian Dvorak did well in his Canadiens debut in the preseason. Michael Bunting I think scored like a hat trick the other night with the Toronto Maple Leafs and everyone's going off on that. And some guy named Yasperi Kotkaniemi did okay in Carolina as well. And who knows? That's off of stuff that's happened the last few days. Who knows what we'll talk about on Monday. We'll be back on Monday and back again next Thursday. We're coming at you twice a week with the Chris Johnston Show. For Chris, I'm Julian saying so long. We'll be back on Monday again. And uh, oh, I should add this one last thing. Thank you to everyone who's been so patient about uh, the podcast and the fact that it wasn't on Spotify right away. I know a lot of people have been messaging us and Jesse and everyone else from the SDPN. Thank you for your patience. We are up on Spotify and Google Podcasts, finally. Uh, And thank you just again for being so patient. I want to know when Jesse's going to burn each episode to a CD and hand deliver it to everyone wants it on a CD. (laughs) Or or a message in a bottle. Yeah, because it seems like no matter how many channels we have to get this, that someone comes up with one other one that, that they can't get it on. So, uh, you know, Jesse, let's get on this hand delivery service, you know, maybe a cassette. I can dust off like my dad's old cassette player and we can listen to it on cassette because I, I want this in every possible way it can be delivered. Yeah, vinyl, uh, A-track, uh, my uh, my failed uh, attempt at a podcast, RSS feed, spider pod bean. I want that everywhere as well. Maybe one day we'll just come to your living room, like each individual listener and just talk it out in your living room. You don't even have to record it. You don't need Stitcher or Spotify or Google or Apple, whatever. How about a live show? Come to you. Oh, yeah. Oh, I meant to mention, like, we're going on the world tour. Let's speak that into existence. We got this global audience. Like, we're not we're not just thinking provincial or federal in Canada. We've got to think world tour one day. Once once the universe opens up, once our audience grows, let's uh, let's get to some of those cool hockey playing countries. For Chris, I'm Julian. So long and peace. The Chris Johnston Show. Inside the game, twice a week. Follow Chris on Twitter at ReporterChris. And follow Julian McKenzie at JK McKenzie.